0: Now is the time to not be sitting on the sidelines. Now is the time to go what you're focusing at.
1: It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by ecospace.com. Now, here's your hosts, Adam and Jason.
2: Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm Jason J. Lou Lewis with my co-host, Adam Triple Adams, and today we're excited to dive into a topic uh, that revolves around raising capital, finding investors during a economic situation, kind of that we're in right now with the COVID, and any time that it might not be the top of the market. What are some unique ways and strategies to do so? Uh, whether you're raising money for deals or doing your own deals, and a perfect person to help with that today is Mr. Brent Bowers, he is thriving in a time that others are struggling, and he has some tips and suggestions today uh, in the next 20 minutes that we're going to be able to to dive in. So you'll walk away with a little value add and some creative ways. So, um, Brent, let's start off with what was the first time that you did a real estate deal? When when did it start? How did it start, and what led that to today?
0: Yeah, thanks for that, Jason, and thanks for Adam, uh, for having me on, a long time fan. Uh, so yeah, I would say my first real estate transaction was April 2007. I, I remember it like it, yes, like it was yesterday, really. Um, it was really my first house. Uh, I was 21 years old and you could literally go down to a bank and pretty much just, uh, give them your social security number and get lending. So, I don't even know if you needed to give them a social security number. At that okay. Time. Well, they maybe <laughs> jumped through a few more hoops than, than most, but, uh, I gave my full social, not my last four. Uh, they gave me a house and I was, I, I'd actually just gotten my real estate license too. So I got the buy side commission, which was pretty cool. So I got cash at closing, uh, didn't have to come to, m- closing with, I think I only had to come with closing with a thousand bucks and I got more than that back. Uh, so I was able to pay my grandmother off, uh, pretty much the next day. It was like a transactional lending. She didn't know what that, that meant. And neither did I at that time. Uh, and then, uh, like any smart human being, I pulled out a home equity line of credit for all the equity I had in the house pretty much the next month and lived in it for a while. And then, uh, sold my, my lawn and landscape company and, moved to the coast, West Palm Beach, Florida. And I was going to be hotshot real estate guy. And I rented that house out uh, that I had just bought, in, bought four months prior and became a landlord and a realtor overnight. So that was pretty much my first deal. Uh, we all know what happened in 2008, 2009. Um, so that was when the struggle began.
2: Great. And then let's talk through a little bit about 2009 um, and to... 2000 today. So, um, where did that kind of lead you to that experience you had in 2008, 2012 to that's helping you kind of get to where you are today?
0: So 2008, I, I, uh, I would actually wish that on anybody to build their, you know, a sales career. I, I, I wore out Probably at least four pair of shoes in that, uh, 12 months, uh, hitting the streets, uh, just, just door knocking, um, just doing whatever I had to, to make deals happen. Um, it, it got so bad. I was, I was a rental agent. Uh, so what did that mean? I was literally taking people to rental houses to get the fast money, the three or $400 commission to get get them into a property. And I would, some of these houses, you know, smelled so bad. I would have to get there like 20 minutes early just to air it out and turn the fans on and stuff. So 2008 was pretty rough. Um, so I actually kind of threw in the towel a little bit on real estate, uh, decided to join the army, go back to college. Uh, it was a, incredible experience. Um, went to basic training in 2009, uh, went straight to Europe. Uh, a couple months later, I was in Afghanistan for about a year from 2010 to 2011. Uh, so I kind of sat on the sidelines of real estate investing uh, for a while because I was in, you know, Europe and uh, Afghanistan. Uh, So I wasn't really buying houses. So I I really wish I would have kept buying while I was over there because I had a steady, great paycheck. Ended up getting actually selected to go to something called Green and Gold to where they pick uh, about 150 uh, active duty soldiers to become army officers. So the army sent me back to the States. Uh, I was on my second deployment at that time to Afghanistan. They pulled me out of Afghanistan and sent me to Melbourne, Florida. So I get to Melbourne, Florida. Uh, I was supposed to start at uh, Florida Tech, Florida Institute of Technology. Uh, first thing I do, buy a house. And I didn't know what it was called at the time. But I fixed up the house. And my plan was to rent it out to you know college students. It was a three-bedroom house. Uh, now it's called house hacking. I uh, didn't really know that at the time. I, I fix up this house. I'm able to rent out the room super quick. Uh, I had two great Great, great roommates. Uh, They were young professionals just like I was. And it was great. So long story short, I have like 60,000 equity in this house. So I do like anybody else does. I refinance. I get a check for 55 grand and I go down the road and I buy another house and pay pretty much cash for it. And that allowed me to fix that house up. All right. I pretty much did it with sweat equity, basically where, where I'm in there each night after school, uh, and, you know, painting and fixing walls and whatnot, kind of learning the, 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 the trades.
2: Uh, but did you allowed. have, did you have your original house? Cause this is your second one you bought, correct? So now I'm o- in house
0: number three. Okay. So you, did you,
2: did you have to give back during the 08 crisis, the original one, or were you able to, no. to weather the storm? With that the weathered
0: one. the storm. Okay. Uh, we we had it uh, rented the entire time. Uh, for a long story short, it actually ended up getting trashed three different times. And I remember, you know, getting back from Afghanistan the first time, I had like five thousand dollars saved, uh, and it all went to fixing this house up. The one I bought in Okeechobee, Florida, uh, and I learned a, a lesson. You know, you never rent out at the top of the market to people that. You know, have less than perfect credit scores or a sob story. Long story short, I was getting way higher amount of rent per month than what I should have. But I learned that people that have great credit and great tenants don't pay the highest amount. So now we kind of rent undervalue a little bit, but to excellent tenants, people that make, you know, four times the amount of that rent each month and have 700 plus credit scores. So. Our tenants for the last, uh, I would say since 2013 have been amazing, thank God. but uh, we had to kind of learn, you know learn by getting drug through the gutter from 2007 to 2013.
2: Um, what, what percent under market do you creatively get to feel that there's that perfect balance point of not giving away too much of, of the rent but yet get it, still getting the Class A grade tenant?
0: Great question, Jason. I wouldn't say it's an exact percent. I would say probably somewhere around $50 a month mm-hmm. under market. And we kind of judge that. And uh, is this by, in like
2: the thousand to $1,500 range? Exactly.
0: Okay. Uh, most of our rentals are anywhere from 850 to the, I think the highest one we have is 1300 not including the, the vacation rentals. Uh, yep. those are a whole different class, but, sure. uh, we usually base about $50 under, yeah. and we judge it by the amount of views that we're getting, uh, the inquiries, the applications. If we're not getting any, uh, usually we, we get, we're kind of overwhelmed with inquiries, so we know we price it right.
1: I always wondered why my dad did, does that. So we've had um, self storage units, apartments, uh, single family for my whole life growing up. And my dad's always been this person who said he wanted to everything to be under market, uh, the self storage it's under market, all of the rentals, the multifamily, they're all under market. And I always thought to myself that that was ridiculous because I, if you look at it and you think about um, having a sizable portfolio and each of the units is under by 50 bucks. Now let's just say that you have like 200 units total um, right now. I'm, Past, I'm partly, uh, involved in 1400, but let's just say 200 units and that's it. Okay. Um, and 50 bucks per each one. I think that's around 10 grand a month. I think I would need my calculator, but multiply that out. If I'm right, then it's $120,000 per year. Divide that by a cap rate of a half a percent. It's, I think it's two million dollars. I think it's that's two million dollars that you lose in value by dropping the rent. So, I think it's interesting that there's two sides to every coin. And I enjoy hearing you say why you want to have that. And it sounds like it's the brilliantness of saying, look, if I have it under by 50 bucks, I have my choice of all of the best tenants, whoever I want, whenever I want. And they're going to be loyal. And, and when they're loyal and they're not like, man, the rent's really ha- very high here, um, and they're thinking about how can I get out? How can I go to a place that where Brent Bowers owns it because where it's where it's $50 less, you know, and all of a sudden they stay with you for a long time. But when they're with me, they might not stay as long because I'm trying to push that rent and having it at the highest, uh, possible. I want to get into what we're really talking about today. Before I do, I want to talk just a couple. Points about Brent. Uh, I've known him for a long time. He's been in real estate since 2007. He's done almost every single thing. We're talking about his fix and flips. We're talking about his rentals, but he's also done multifamily and commercial. We're not talking about all of that is specifically today. We're talking about raising money. So Brent, you and a private money lender that you work with, you created a course around raising money. So what I want you to tell the listener is how do they raise money? Like, especially in this time that we're in, what are the major things that they need to be thinking about if they want to successfully start getting OPM from other people?
0: Yes, now is the time. Now is the time to not be sitting on the sidelines. Now's the time to go what you're focusing at. If you're if you're scared and you're just like, "Oh my god, I'm going to lose everything through this whole entire crisis this pandemic we're currently dealing with," that's exactly what's going to happen. And you know, just like Tony Robbins says, where focus goes, energy flows. But if you're focused on Where's the next opportunity? Where's the next deal? How do I grow why everyone else is sitting on their big fat butts watching Netflix? That's what's gonna happen. So much opportunity, so much growth. I am seeing deals. So I have a wholesaling company. Uh we we wholesale, we flip houses, we do all that stuff. I'm kind of a little bit of a junkie of deals. I I love deals, I love them, love them, love them. However, we are seeing so we're seeing deals. Today that we did not see two weeks ago. Sellers are calling us; they are already getting with the program. Uh, I, I just want to give you a quick example. We just bought ninety a house, two bedroom, one bath house on ninety five acres with a fourteen stall horse barn. Just imagine that for five thousand dollars out of my pocket. I literally just bought that, and we assumed we did a subject to existing financing. Basically, what that means is. We took over the mortgage. Uh, this guy's seven years into this mortgage. So it's now on the principal pay down side and it cost me 5000 So we would never have seen a deal like that three, maybe four days ago, honestly. So they're just getting out there. So you still need money to be able to buy real estate. And there's people sitting out there with money that have just been waiting for this to happen because everyone, you, you, you have two schools of thoughts, just kind of like me and your dad there, Adam you you know you have the people that are waiting to jump into the game when the deals are there and you got the people that are out there just doing deals. So now we've, got, we've seen our cash buyers list slow down because I'm not buying anything because I, I don't know what's going on. And then we have the other school of thought is now there's blood in those streets, I'm coming out to buy. So we're, the money is not gone. The money is just put on pause. Our government is printing it as we speak so there's going to be even more of an influx of money. So there's so many people out there, they might not know about real estate. They might not know a lot. Uh, these doctors, healthcare professionals, they've got cash sitting in the bank. Like, I don't, want to, I don't want to tell you too much about my mother-in-law, but I just found out she's got 60 grand in her house doing nothing, you know, people like that, that have cash this is the time to joint venture with those people. This is the time to partner. But you've got to be very careful. At the end of the day, you've got to be careful who you're doing this with. Like if it's grandmother and she only has 60,000, you can't take her whole 60,000. Maybe start with one third of it, maybe 20,000 and protect her with it, with a deed of trust, a promissory note, a mortgage. Uh, and don't let the money touch your hands. Use a title company for it. So me and my and I'm I'm I unloading this so fast because I'm so excited about it, but uh, me and my private money lender, Michael Bond, he's up in Littleton, Colorado. Uh, he's been lending the money to me on all the flips and all the whole that we've done in the past three years. I, I mean, this guy's made me a fortune. Uh, he's incredible. He'll pretty much lend on anything I send, send his way. You know, it's, it's all under 65% loan, the value. However, We've now kind of joined forces, and he's taught me a lot about raising private capital from people. Uh, Mike's been doing this for 20 years since 2000. Uh, he's been in real estate investing, and he's raised over 20 million dollars easily. But we've joined forces to teach guys like me how to raise the 30 thousand here, or the 20 thousand, or the hundred thousand. Uh, and yes, Mike Mike Bond, he's a, he's a private money lender, and he's done he's done all of his lending with private money, um, accredited investors, things like that. And we're not talking about pulling money, we're talking about borrowing money on something you already own or about to buy because there's a lot of legal requirements with this as well. So the course will include that. Like we'll get you on the phone with an attorney on how to do this and stay out of jail. And the biggest thing is protecting your lender. Um, You know, With any course, you gotta be careful who you put it out to because this could be used to take advantage of people uh, and that's the biggest thing. We got to got to make sure we're protecting the people we're borrowing the money from. No matter what happens, you got to pay them back. Because at the end of the day, people are not concerned about ROI. They're they're concerned about getting their nest egg back.
2: Sure. So is uh, when you go out and you're raising money right now, uh, do you see the opportunities as raising it for one-off deals? Is it to raise capital? For- to raise a fund? Is it raising capital for a syndication where you know have 10, 10 investors or where do you see the opportunity in the next two to 12 months to get creative in real estate funding and financing that would benefit both you and the lender and have the least amount of risk given this uncertain time?
0: So the course we're teaching is just one-off, one-off deals. Uh, not funds, not syndication. That's, that's two, to- that's three totally separate things. Uh, so we're being very careful with that. You know, in the future, yes, it would be amazing to, you know, have some of our students or our, our joint venture partners, uh, that we combine some money and, and create a fund and start, you know, buying all the rentals we want uh but currently the course that we're we're building as we speak. We actually are are launching the building course with a few students. We're actually doing it with 10 students uh starting tomorrow Thursday 4 p.m. Uh we're actually going to launch it and build the course around the students. Um and those will be one off deals basically something they're either about to buy or they already have um but you know the goal, you know, the future goal like a a year from now would be to you know, join with say Bob, the student or John, the student and create a pool. And we go into, you know, bigger deals because there's always something bigger out there to pull money with, but that includes, you know, uh, more legal tape to jump through. So
2: uh, more risk, more headache, more hassle. So, uh, what are three to five tips that right now, someone who's listening to this podcast that would be interested in maybe their first deal? What, what are, three to five that you've learned from, I think it's Mike, uh, that you would like to share with the listeners to to think yes. about or get started with?
0: Yes, the biggest thing is the psychology, the proven psychology of the attracting private money. You know, I can go out and tell you about a deal about oil. Hey, let's jump into oil. But I know nothing about oil and, and neither does my lender. But it's two, you know, one, the first tip is, now what have you done in the past? What's your portfolio? Have you ever done any real estate deals? And let's package that. Let's put it together. Let's start talking about it. Uh the biggest way to talk about it is, you know, go to meetups. Get on Facebook Live. Facebook Live is amazing. Uh just just walk people through your properties. You know, talk about what you paid for it, what you did to it. Show before after pictures. You could hire someone on Fiverr for I mean you know next to nothing right now there's so much talent looking for opportunities and work right now to show your before afters while you're walking through a video so those are a couple things you know go to meetups talk about it which they're not they're kind of virtual right now so probably just get on facebook because everyone's sitting at home doing nothing and just talk about it talk about what you paid your lender that's probably the first way the second way uh there's there's something called listsource.com amazing Amazing resource, but a lot of investors use it to find properties, vacant houses, uh, whatever, out of state owners, high equity. But you can also go to, say, county.com and put in put in El Paso County, and then you know you can go on to just the private money basically, and you can see where private money is is being lent to properties in El Paso. Those are literally lenders, uh, listsource.com. Again, listsource.com. And then those are lenders actually lending in your own backyard. You could literally write these guys a letter saying, hey, we're actually about to do another deal on 123 Main Street, looking uh, for funding at this. So there's two ways right there, Facebook and listsource.com. And as far as the psychology, that's huge you know, I'll just use me. For example, I'm usually in a long sleeve shirt or maybe a button down. These are the kind of people I'm going to attract as far as my psychology. I still go to the job sites. I'm wearing my Tom shoes. Um, they might be a little dirty. I'm not looking for people that are three piece suits. Uh, I'm looking for people like me that I can understand and they can understand me uh, as far as the psychology goes. Uh, Everything I do is not super polished. I don't have a polished like my vocabulary. I don't. I don't use large words. I don't feel comfortable borrowing from people that are in a three-piece suit, and I don't understand. So don't fake it. I love it. Like don't don't fake anything. I'm just walking through one of my deals the other day, and I messed up, and I I said a word incorrectly. I just corrected myself on the spot there. Um, so that's it. It's the psychology, and you know, even if you've just done one deal. All you have to do, all you have to do is just put the portfolio together. I'm sure you have some pictures, and it's really cool. This company called Zillow.com makes it really easy because if you bought the before, you can show the before pictures and the after Zillow and the money you made from it. And people want to see success. They want to be part of that success. One of my lenders, I never would have known this guy had a couple hundred grand to lend to me. All he wanted to do was be able to show his family. What we were doing on our project. So this guy literally acted like my project manager. It was great. He was a partner and a lender. He walked through the house each week and gave me updates. And I only, he went to the house more times than I did. So you can imagine the plumber, he's letting me know the plumbers there and they're parked on the grass and he told him to get it off the grass. So little things like that. We just joined forces.
1: All right. Besides, uh, psychology and where to find them? Uh, good stuff. Don't fake it till you make it. it you know, you just attract people like you. Be yourself. Be authentic because that's the way that it's really going to work. I couldn't agree more. I noticed when we raise money that a lot of our, the people that end up investing with us in our company, they always say it's because I just know you are who you are. I just know you're real. I just know that I'm going to get what what I get and that you're, you have full integrity. It's just because they can tell, I think that I'm not trying to be in a three piece suit. I'm not trying to use language that I don't have or want to have, or didn't grow up. I just am me. And if they want to work with me, they can work with me. And I think that's really pretty much what you're saying there within the psychology. Um, you're just dressing how you dress. You're not, you're not dressing up and you're not dressing down to attract the people. You're just being who you are and you continue to be authentic and you attract capital. So the psychology is really important. source seems like a really good place to find people. Uh, Meetup, Facebook, you talked a little bit about that. What's one other tool before we get into the final five, one other tool that can help the listener who wants to be able to crush it at attracting capital right now in this tough market cycle?
0: So I'll say that the one tool that's been incredible for me and I unfortunately can't even do it right now. We're holding them virtually on zoom is starting a meetup and really Adam, you kind of planted the seed in my mind about three years ago. Uh, the meetup has been so invaluable at first. The first six months I was doing it, it took so much of my time. I was like, why am I doing this? This is free. However, I've got at least we had a hundred and something people in the room a couple months ago. I've got at least five people in there that have never done a deal estate or another never done a real estate deal in their life, but they've got at least a hundred thousand dollars cash in the bank doing nothing that they're ready to do a deal, and they'll 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 take they'll just do it.
1: We certainly need to point that out because we've raised um, millions of dollars from our little lunch club that just met in the middle of the day, um, and you wouldn't have thought it going into it. But that is such amazing advice, Brent, because I know for sure that there's people that came to my meetup, and there was, there was a lot of them that needed money and a lot of them that had money. And so I was thinking, okay, you guys are going to do all this business with each other. I just expected, I thought I was the connector. And what was interesting is all of those pri- most of those private money lenders were not interested in just partnering with a bunch of people that were attending the meetup, but they were begging me to buy the deals. They were begging me to bring in their money into the next deal cuz they because that position of authority tends to allow them to show a little bit more trust in you. So the advice that you had about not just going to a meetup, but instead founding your own meetup, running your own meetup, there's going to be private money lenders. They're going to have 100K or more. They're going to walk in and they're going to say, who can I give my money to? And the first person they're going to look to is Brent Bowers or that person who's leading the group. Really solid advice. We do need to take a quick break for our sponsor, but when we get back, I'm excited because we're actually going to get into the final five with Mr. Brent Bowers. Hey, it's Adam Adams, and I want to take a second to say thank you to one of our sponsors. Now, if you've tried to earn a full-time income flipping houses the traditional way, you know it takes a lot of money. Putting 10 or 20% down on each house adds up fast. Plus, you could lose hundreds of thousands of dollars if you get caught... Holding a few houses when the market crashes. Well, what if I told you that there was a better way to flip houses? A way that didn't require much upfront capital, a way that made it easy to find more fix and flip deals than you could even handle, and best of all, a way that insulated you from losing all your money in a market crash. Well, I'm here to tell you that there is a simple way to quit your job and flip houses full time. It's called fix and list deal. Eric Young used the strategy to quit his job, double his income and become a self-made house flipper in less than a year. Eric's a real estate investor located in Denver, and he's perfected the Fix and List strategy over the last four years, and he's got a free giveaway. Learn how you can implement the Fix and List strategy by watching Eric's free video lessons at fixandlistsecrets.com. It may just change your life. And we're back with the final five and Brent Bowers. Brent, what is the most creative deal you've ever done?
0: I would say uh I purchased my my parents next door neighbor's property uh 14 acres, two buildings uh for 75,000 uh about 5 years ago and I only had to come up with 30,000. Uh at that time I didn't really know a lot of private lenders uh so I borrowed the money basically with an unsecured loan, credit card 14%, $30,000. I actually paid that off uh about 6 months later with a wholesale deal. Um, but what's cool about that is I rented that property out for twelve fifty a month, and my mortgage payment was only four hundred dollars a month, zero percent interest. A hundred percent went to principal. Um, I actually just sold that property about a week ago. Uh, I got twenty nine thousand down um, and a mortgage for one hundred thirty thousand. So I sold it for one fifty nine. I bought it for $75,000, zero money out of pocket. Um, but what's cool is they're going to have a thirty year mortgage at four point five percent. So I'll collect cash on that property for the next 30 years. And if they, hopefully they do, if they go the whole 30 years, I'll collect about $250,000 uh, total on a zero money down deal. Um, what's cool is I got cash at closing because the neighbor also uh, gave me the option to buy 14 head of cattle. I talked to my best friend, that's the cowboy and sold him to him for $900 a head. So I, I literally got, I think uh, $2,800 at closing just to buy the property.
1: Cool stuff. So it was creative going in and you'd creatively sold it as well.
0: Creatively sold it. Um, yeah. What's, what's a book you recommend? Uh, you know, you, you kind of gave me an idea that the go giver, when you said the connector, the go giver, I highly recommend that book.
1: Love, love it. Well, I have this question. It's one of my favorite questions in five years, where do you see the real estate market? And as part of the same question, where do you see yourself?
0: So five years in the real estate market, I think we'll be on the, on the uprise again, getting close to another seller's market. Um, I see myself as more as a, of a passive uh, side of things, uh, not getting into so many uh, different types of ventures. I'm probably going to slow down a little bit, uh, do a little less volume um, because I, I think it's more towards lifestyle at that point. It's just been very exciting for the first several years, but now it's time to kind of scale back a little bit.
1: Awesome, Brent. What's one way that you add value to others? Um,
0: you know, doing it goes back to the Go Giver book. Actually, uh, doing more for others than what they could have actually paid for. So we do a deal for them. We're going to go the extra mile for them, uh, doing more than what they actually are paying for.
1: Good stuff. And finally, what is the one way, not seven ways, but what's the best way for the listener to find you and get a hold of you?
0: Probably just go to Facebook, Brent Bowers on Facebook. That's probably Are you the, the only
1: best. one? You're the only Brent no, Bowers? i the only
0: one, but I'm the really, really good-looking guy. That's really handsome Brent Bowers. one. So I got a picture of me and my family in Colorado Springs, Colorado, so uh, probably that way.
2: Great. Well, that wraps up our uh, wonderful interview with with Brent and just to kind of sum up what we talked about was it's, it's now about relationships, kind of giving back and starting that foundation now to be able to raise funds a month from now, 12 months from now and just getting in it, um, sticking through it. Brent was able to hold his first house that he bought, rode the wave by getting creative, bought a second one, bought his third one being creative. So um, util- utilizing tools such as the listserv and the psychology of connecting with people. I think what I saw during 08, the people, the investors that struggled the most, without a doubt, not even close second, were the investors that were not themselves when they raised the money. Because when the oh wait, 2010 hit, they had to show their real selves. They were in a pickle. And then all of a sudden those investors lost that faith. This isn't the person I invested with. So if if Brent Bowers is who he is today, he should be the same as he is in a year or two if if things maybe don't go as well as everyone hopes. So I think that's a, a huge takeaway right there. So um and it's listsource.com. I, I keep saying listserve. We, we use it ourselves and I still say, uh, just caught myself saying listserve, but listsource.com. We'll have it in the notes section, but just to wrap up, Brent Bowers, you're awesome. Always a pleasure and, and to hear that you're giving back and, and teaching some others that are wanting to get into the game, uh, what you've learned and what you and Mike have, um, is great. So we really appreciate it. And, uh, as, as always, you need to think outside the box. This is Jason J. Lou Lewis, co-host of the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I want to say it's an absolute honor to have you as a listener, and we thank you for tuning in today. We also want to thank our sponsor, fixandlistsecrets.com. They have that great free video lesson, and in that video lesson, you will learn to never struggle to find or fund your next fix and flip deal again. Learn how to flip houses without ever taking out a mortgage or a hard money loan. You can now flip houses full-time and not have the risk of losing money in a real estate market crash. There's a simple way to flip houses full-time, and this is it. Visit FixAndListSecrets.com. See you on our next episode.